You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and happy All-Star Weekend Celtics Life fans on this episode of the CL Pod. We're wrapping up the NBA break from the blowout of the Rising Stars Challenge. Why Jalen Brown should probably be in the dunk contest to the surprisingly entertaining All-Star game itself. Plus all the other Celtics news coming out of the weekend. I'm Topher Lane here with Justin Quinn. Justin, I want to jump in and ask you what you thought about the weekend as a whole. Well, you know, some of the things that I'm used to being pretty interesting were pretty boring, and the things that I'm used to being pretty boring were actually really compelling. So, you know, without going too far into it, I'm talking about the dunk contest and the all-star game itself. We can get into... Were you in... Wait, so were you into those, or were you against... So the game itself, I was really into. Okay, so agreed. The all-star game this year was the most interesting all-star game I can think of in at least a decade. It's all because they played defense, and we can talk about why in just a second, but... The, the thing that I'm usually the most into, and I mean, it's gotten a little crappier in recent years, but, you know, one of the high points for me has always been the dunk contest. And this is just, it's, it was bad. It was not interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, I, I thought last year was pretty rough with the, like, Aaron Gordon drone thing. Yeah. And I don't know if they're just running out of creativity or whatever it was, but I don't know. I watched the highlights. I didn't actually watch it live. I watched the highlights and I really wasn't all that impressed. So I don't know. I really liked what, what's his name? The uh, current bull Zach Levine brought to it. I thought he brought a really good energy to the dunk contest, but since he, I think his last year he kind of struggled and then he was injured this year. So he didn't even compete, but you know, it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. The dunk contest was rough. I always dig the rising stars challenge or the game itself, but it was a tough game all in all. Uh, depending on who you're rooting for, I guess. <laughs> Team World absolutely destroyed Team USA, which is where our guys, Jalen and Jason, were, were playing on Team USA. But they, they had a good game. What were your thoughts on their performance? Jalen Brown got robbed. Yeah. yeah. Just because... There was no defense in that. No, that was, that was your prototypical all-star game, basically. They're going to need to address that, I think, going forward, too. You know, maybe they could. They, well, no, they can't really do. You know, Team World versus versus Team USA if uh, they're doing it in the same kind of format. But the, along with the dunk contest, those are two areas I think that they need to, to turn their creative eye to next to to kind of rejuvenate those events. Just because, like you said, there was no defense played. But for Jalen Brown, I mean, he scored thirty five points and I think ten rebounds. 
And, you know, they did get their doors blown off by Team World, but Boyan Bogdanovich, I mean, he had 29 points, but, like, that's really all he did was put the ball in the hoop. And that's that's not yeah. the most valuable player on the court, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. But the last time that I enjoyed the rookie game, or all-star rising challenge, I don't know, yeah. whatever it's called, was when Kyrie and Brandon Knight had that, like, head-to-head back and forth where they were just calling ISOs and just like school on each other when they were, I think both sophomores mm-hmm. at the time, that was like the best rookie game that I've seen in a while. And since then it just hasn't lived up, lived into the hype. So it's definitely- I think, yeah, I don't know when they started this whole team world team USA thing. I don't particularly know why that's a thing. I mean, it doesn't make an entire amount of sense to me. I really enjoyed, I think that last game with Kyrie and Brandon Knight, because like Shaq and Charles Barkley drafted their teams basically. So it was similar to the current All-Star game format of this year of like the players were drafted and then they played, you know? So that may have been why it was entertaining. I don't think that you need to have like foreign players versus I think like a draft is better because then like you know the talent's relatively yep. even. And I think that you put your finger right on exactly what it is about that. You know, the idea in my mind at least, is to try to drum up more international interest. And I don't really think that the this is doing what they want. A boring game is not going to really do that much to stir up interest. Like, you can still let everyone know that they are Team World versus Team whatever when they're being, you know, elected to the game, kind of the same way we still have conferences. Yeah. Just so that you still kind of get that, like... Yeah. Yay team, local, you know, versus international thing. But increasingly, in my mind, it's going to be Team World plastering Team USA just because the sport is really globalizing and greater and greater numbers of top talent are coming from overseas, which is not the case that it's been for almost my entire life. So I really do Mm -hmm. think that I'm I'm not saying necessarily that, you know, a little brother version of the All-Star game in terms of how they draft it would be the way to do it. But something along the lines of how you were talking about, like Shaq and Barkley doing the drafting, or I don't know, maybe some elder statesman, or you know, have like Hakeem Olajuwon and Bill Russell picking the teams or something like that every year, and have it rotate with a Team World and a Team USA captain, whether it's an elder statesman or you know, I mean, even if they do do like a little brother thing, some just something different. Is there a chance that the team world thing like entices other countries? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you have a better kind of finger on the pulse of this. Of like, I mean, you're living in Mexico right now. I don't know if there's a big basketball fan base down. I there. mean, it's more focused on U.S. teams, but there's, and I have never heard anyone in Mexico talk about you know the Rising Stars challenge period never mind in the context of i well you know now that i'm saying this i'm also thinking there's been precisely one uh edmund Najera from mexico like pro pro baller so that might have something to do with it also so maybe i'm putting the cart before that before the uh yeah. the horse here but you know even even just you know i do tend to pay more attention to international basketball maybe josh would be a good person to talk to about this our, our uk correspondent josh coin yeah, <laughs> shame that he isn't here to talk about this. He is currently enjoying New Orleans and all that it has to offer. I'm very jealous, but I digress. Uh, shout out to Josh. the The situation, internationally speaking, I don't think this is 
a big enough help. I don't think of it. This is in any way like harmful or, you know, maybe even has like a net positive for like developing and recruiting uh, young talents to actually participate and watch NBA basketball. But yeah, well, I'm sure that that's why the motive for why this happened, right. Is to involve like other countries and communities into, and like giving them a team to cheer on during all-star weekend, because I, I don't know. I mean, obviously you root for your own team. If you, if you have a, player that you care about but you know it's possible that these these countries i'm trying to think of a good example china right was you know yao ming was like a a national hero for china right so like if there was a team world team usa game at the time when he was a rookie maybe that would have been like china like the entire country is going to tune in or something you know maybe maybe this is like a really good advertising opportunity for i've solved it yeah. They need to get rid of Team World what? What and Team USA for the Rising Stars game and, you know, develop a draft, you know, kind of along what we were talking about or whatever they want to do to, to spice that up and make it actually interesting. Add charity, charity donations, maybe pay the players extra, something like that, whatever. Yeah. But to this would create an entirely new event and it would fit better in a segment we're going to be talking about later. But I'm going to say it now just because it's relevant. Three on three basketball. You can have... You know that's already a thing, right? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, like no, no. I know it's already a thing. <laughs> but a three-on-three basketball tournament where each country is made from each team. So you have a three-person a three person team of French players, three-person team of, I don't know. But, well, but then what if you don't have enough from a certain country? Then you suddenly, you just can't play? I mean, like, how does that, does that work? Yeah. Or do you do, like, continent? By continent? Maybe, maybe? by continent. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Maybe by continent. Because then you have, like, a seven. I don't know. It's still but, tough. I mean, well, six, because there's no one from it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we hope. Probably. Yeah. I mean, you never know, though. Scientists down there would be bored. They'd like, get pretty good at <laughs> if they had an indoor court. No, but as far as not having <laughs> enough players on, on particular teams, you'd obviously only be able to have as many teams as there are players um, to make teams. Yeah. And that would encourage, you know, countries with only one or two players to get some more players into the NBA. So, all right, here's here's my thought that's completely, uh, nothing to do with yours, but just a similar concept. Are there any aligning all-star breaks like in like other leagues across the world? Could you get like a team China versus team US rookies? That is interesting. And have like a... Like an interesting, like, full, like just like the All Star breaks lineups, are just like on, like meet neutral ground or something, or have them fly to L A or wherever the All Star game is, and have like well, a since literal team, team world. That's, versus team that's really good. I really like that. So in that case, you could have kind of more like a a, a FIBA type of an event, but yeah, exactly. That and that would involve that would like genuinely that would genuinely involve other countries. Topher, you might be honest you know? from there. I may be completely off. <laughs> I have no idea, but I, I think that would be like... I, it I sounds infinitely more workable than my crackpot idea I just came up with. I mean, you could probably finesse it some way, but that would be easier because they don't need to come for the whole All-Star Week. They just need to come for that one game. So even if they do, don't have an aligned All-Star break, I'm sure they can they can have star players miss 72 to you know four or five days worth of hours uh, just to get to this particular event and not have it be that impactful to their leagues. It would have to be rookies because obviously like U.S. stars, like the, the all-stars, destroy. And we see that in the, in the 
is it FIBA? FIBA? Fair I don't point. Know how to yeah, it. I say I Actual say FIBA, acronym, but, but yeah. I, I think I think that would be I think that'd be enticing though if it was like rookies playing because then they got a chance to win and like they've got a good. It'd be really great for both leagues to be able to advertise yeah, that, yeah. and it wouldn't be like it, I mean it probably wouldn't be the highlighter of All Star Weekend. It'd be kind of cool. Very interesting, right? No, not at me? all. I mean, listeners, let us know your thoughts on this. You know how to do it. Yes, hashtag CL Pod. We appreciate your feedback and all your thoughts. Tell us we're crazy for nuts, our- but you know some of this stuff really needs some work. Some tinkering is in order, and crowdsourcing is going to make Adam's job easier, entertaining us, which is a win-win. <laughs> uh, do you think Jalen Brown would have improved the dunk contest? Talk about entertainment. Do Bears relieve themselves in forests? It is that only because you're a Celtics fan? I don't think so. Those were, I mean. Look, the winner got Donovan Mitchell took home. I mean, I, I dug I dug the whole Vince Carter thing. That was pretty cool. But I mean, he's getting a fifty. Yeah, that was a cool. Yeah, like, oh, and I don't buy the whole. They're running out of ideas. They're just running out of creativity, and maybe they need to vet the dunks before, not necessarily let people see them, you know, executed beforehand, but at least like, what are you going to do? And not let in like some of these, some of these dunks, like no offense to Larry Nance. I know his dad won the first dunk contest, but like some of the dunks that he was doing, just like he did a dunk behind the back, but like in motion. So it was kind of just like a normal dunk with a slightly behind his head. And like, what, what, what is what that, that was, that was just complete. Garbage. Donovan Mitchell getting a 50 after missing twice. That's just, they need to work on that really badly. And like, I don't Well, okay. So I'll, I'll equate it to um, the mm-hmm. home run derby in baseball had been struggling. And it was like one of the highlighters of, of all-star weekend mm-hmm. in the MLB. But you know, it just, it just wasn't entertaining. It was just like watching guys mash home runs until whoever hit the most won. So they made a bracket style where it was like eight guys competing in brackets and then they'd like move on and then you know they go head to head again and it was really exciting because like you're rooting for guys and you're like oh i really want him to win because this would be a better matchup and you know th- maybe they're doing this stuff differently mm-hmm. stuff like that that could be really interesting if they do like brackets like involve more than just three dudes because then you get more True. fans involved and then you also have like one dunk wins you know the best dunk of the round that guy goes on to the next round Three rounds or something. I like it. Just a thought. I don't know. I, apparently, we're just spitballing ideas. That's, that's all we're doing right now for like what we could do to All Star Weekend. But I, I think that. Wait, do you have any? I mean, would Jalen improve it? And then, do you think the changes to the game itself would improve? Well, I think we've already established contest? the changes in, in, in the structure of the event would improve it. I've got some vague ideas on things that people could do to, to change that up. Kind of, you know separate them into separate, not events per se, but like, for example, I would like to see for potential categories. And this is, this is pretty much spitballing also, but prop dunks be their own thing. Like when you're jumping over people or a Kia or whatever, that that be its own category, right? A style dunk. So what D Brown did or, you know, the, the, the homage to Vince, like all those things, they have elements of style, whether it is, you know, significance in like the Vince Carter reference or that you're doing something unique and like that it's a no look thing, something, something along those lines. And then something kind of like 
who can dunk from furthest away? <laughs> like a long dunk instead of a long jump. The Michael Jordan dunk. Exactly. Or the Michael Jordan Giannis. Round. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. I can, I can get behind that. That could be entertaining. Would you have, like, specific guys participate in specific versions of the game? So, like, Blake Griffin would do, like, the jump over the Kia round, and you'd have, like, you know, Victor Oladipo do, like, the kind of finesse round things like that where you like choose which one you part- want to participate in and then you kind of have like three different contests i think you could so. even do them on both hoops i think so i, I think like would, i think it would be more interesting if you did that maybe well yeah if you have two two sets of hoops then maybe you could have four separate events two going on at a time just have the court right just have like one like one round going on the other side and, one, and then honestly fans could just go back and forth and you get back i mean the, the thing that bothers me about the dunk contest and the coverage of it mm-hmm. is just the dead time you know, it's like there's only so much to talk about as far as the coverage goes. And yeah, because there's not crazy anal- like there's like, you, the ability to analyze the like pre dunk post dunk is is very minimal. They can show the replay. They'll do their like, whoa, the crazy like, how did he do like that stuff? But that only goes so far if they're able to bounce back and forth between two sides of the court of like, all right, we're going to turn now. It's kind of like golf. Like they have like all, they go to different holes when there's no action going on at the other. I'm going to say you shouldn't shouldn't use golf as an example on how to make anything more exciting, but I do get your point. But imagine if you just followed Roy McIlroy around the entire game. (laughs) You just watch him walking so much. And that's why they go from hole to hole. They're like, like, all right, well, let's check in with Bill Nick. Let's check in with, with these guys. Let's like, let's go back and forth. And they do that to kind of keep it as exciting as they can. Granted, it's golf. I'm a big golf fan. I'm not not dragging it down at all. I really enjoy watching golf, especially you know at the end of the weekend when it starts to get like a lot more intense. I'm not I'm not a big Thursday golf fan, but you get me on Saturday and Sunday. I'm seriously down to watch. Okay, but <laughs> completely yeah, that was tangent off on itself. But I think that yeah, maybe just get two going. I think you, you might, might be onto something. I really do. Uh, one side on the other side. You you gave me an idea though. Just thoughts. No, no, it's it's good thoughts because a lot of the problem with the All Star Games popularity is the stagnation element. And I do think that these are ways that it could be improved. I, I want to bring up one of my own little tweaks that I want to see. I know it's not going to happen in a game, at least not until people see a product of it that is actually making it more compelling. My idea, and one of my big gripes, was fouls in the All-Star game. It is, as you were you saying... You don't want them? Well, I do. I just want them to be faster. I don't want to watch people, almost everyone in the All-Star game with maybe, you know, a couple of big men exception are 70 to 80% free throw shooters minimum, you know? So the chances of them missing is just give them the two points, just give them the two points for a shooting foul and a non-shooting foul, one point. Keep moving. We're all there to see encore action. Nobody cares, at least in the All-Star game. I understand why some people have problems with it. You know, people need to work on their free throw shooting, yada, yada, yada. Don't want to get into that. Don't necessarily disagree. But nobody, nobody, not a, I mean, if, you, if you're if you out there and you watch the All-Star game in part at least a little bit because you care about how they shoot their fouls, well, I don't want to hear from you because I think you're a weirdo. Though I do have to say, missed free throws arguably – won the game for Team LeBron, right? Fair. Like, points left the line. Fair. But, I mean, honestly... I mean, there's a reason why free throws exist in real basketball. And that's that's because even though you have, like, Steph Curry, he doesn't shoot 100%. Like, he shoots 90%. The chance that he misses that one. That time when they were playing against the Raptors, and, like, he missed... Damien Topher and your common sense. He missed both free throws, Steph Curry. 
And then Durant missed two as well. And like they basically gave up the game to the Raptors, or at least kept a minute. I think they still won. I don't remember. But I just remember seeing like a headline of like, how did this happen? Is the world upside down? And just like they both missed three. Days. How did they do that? So I, I mean, I'll, obviously, like it's not a huge deal if you know Team Steph wins over Team LeBron or vice versa. But there's value in forcing them to go to the line. I agree. But I was entertained through the entire game, even through free throws, especially in the fourth quarter. With the context that defense was played in this event, I will say that it made the free throw like. Basically, anytime anybody got fouled in previous years, that was when I went up to use the bathroom or get a snack or whatever. Yeah. Because it was just pointless. Yeah. Well, so, and I think maybe then, like, have, like, a point spread. Like, if it's a 10-point game, then free throws do that. Or then fouls do that. Because the fact that it was a close game made free throws actually valuable. Important. True. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if it's just already a blowout, just don't bother wasting time, you know? But there were some hard fouls. I mean, especially once they started playing defense. Westbrook, like, got clotheslined once. And he, he went down hard. And, like, Paul George on a attempt to steal from DeRozan knocked him over. And there was, there was some legit fouls going on. And, you know, that's you got to be rewarded by a chance at the charity stripe. That's the, the point. So, I, I would... I, I don't know. I think I, there's definitely room to work. But I think it was a huge improvement this year. And I was... I think I told you guys. I, I was... Like, I had to be up at, like, 5 this morning. Mm-hmm. And I was still, like, I, I was just leaning forward watching this game because I was enticed all the way through the buzzer. So that that actually, like, visually to myself, I was like, wow, this is actually really entertaining. I'm really amused by this game. Which is exactly what they want to do, so. Is there anything you think that they'd be able to do to make it better outside of the competitiveness, like the game itself? So before the game, you know, we've talked about the the draft, how it wasn't televised. That is a what, big thing. Do you think that they should do it like before the like? Because I mean, they did it two weeks before, right? That they actually had the draft over like yeah, a tele- and, and, and then a nuclear weapon destroyed Team called. LeBron, evidently, and they still won. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it, it's like if that's the case, and Le- LeBron basically did not pick his entire starting unit, more or less. No, he had he had Kyrie and. Giannis, I think. He didn't he have Giannis? No, he had KD. He had Kevin okay, Durant. Okay, fine. Some of them were reserves. You're right. And you're right. But the point is that it's t- it's taking away some of the the spontaneity of doing that in the first place and catering to the egos of people who don't even care. I mean, it leaked that uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Al Horford were the last two guys taken. And in a modern NBA game, the last, the last two guys you are going to pick – are almost always going to be big men because they are no offense to even Al Horford, who is supremely important to what Boston does. They are probably arguably the least important member of your starting five in the way the game is played now. So considering the fact that they couldn't keep it a secret anyway, and everyone knows and nobody cares, why are we doing that? Yeah. And they, they don't, yeah, they didn't care. And they said that. So I I agree. And it seems like Adam Silver is all about, finding a way to, to do this. And I, I really liked what Chris Weber brought up. I think it was either Chris Weber or I, who else was doing the broadcast. Was it, it wasn't Chauncey. It was uh, Reggie, I think. So they were, they were talking about it and they said, just do the draft right. Before this. Like, honestly, just, just have them all line up, just have both colored jerseys and have them ready to go. I mean, yeah, you just have to print double the jerseys. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I don't think they need to practice. 
you know, I don't think they need to practice together. They all are phenomenal players. They can I could maybe see the, so. na- the night beforehand that you make it its own event, and then they have the rest of the day to get a practice in together and to yeah. drop some plays that'll be conducive to the, the newfound lineup or, or whatever, but I don't think it should be... Maybe at the beginning of All-Star Weekend? That, should, like, start that would be All-Star a good way weekend. to do it. Absolutely. I mean, that would be a great way to... to what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like christen it. Yeah, exactly. I'd be into it. I think um, it'd be cool... I, you know, because they advertised it as playground style. It'd be cool to have it literally playground style, where they all just like walk up, ready to go, and then basically the captains just go, all right, I want you, I want you, and they just like kind of go back and forth, and then they literally put on jerseys and play. I think that'd be cool to do it like right in the moment. I would be fine with either. But I could also, I could also see, yeah, either would be really cool. I just want to see it happening. I want to see the looks on people's faces when they when they see who they're going to be playing with. I think that's that is maybe the most interesting thing that has anything to do with this new format yeah because some of my favorite stuff from like watching all the stuff after the game was like the reactions of players in everything so like lebron and Kyrie just losing it on the bench that was hysterical i loved that i don't even know what they were laughing about but it was great and then i also do have to say did you see fergie singing the uh national anthem i missed that and you know what i'm not sorry (laughs) you should honestly watch that because it is phenomenal it is it is truly something <laughs> she apologized today which has got to be a, a first for I, i've never heard of anyone apologizing for how they sang the national anthem did she apologize i thought she was more just like oh i was trying something different and clearly it didn't work it was more just kind of like an explanation yeah. than an apology not the strongest i'm sorry i'll give you that yeah dude i kept losing it i was watching the reactions because they like bleacher report released uh a video of like the ISO cams of the players. Steph Curry could not keep it together. Like he was like holding back laughter, and then KD and LeBron were laughing. I, like I feel badly about it, you know, for a lot of reasons. But at the same at the same rate, like it was really kind of hilarious, all things considered. I just had to say that because I was talking about the reactions the player had, and then I just thought about those reactions that they had. So definitely check it out. I'm gonna share it with CL Pod hashtag because it's hysterical. But yeah, it's, it's worth seeing at least once. I encourage you to watch it, Justin Quinn. Another thing I would like to see removed from this whole thing is the whole, the whole conference thing. I mean, if we have to have 12 from East and West, just so that way people aren't, are, are, are like, I don't, I don't even, why are they doing it like this? I just don't get it. Like, well, the having the conferences. For voting purposes? I don't know. It's just I, I understand it. It doesn't make a difference. Sucks, then that's a great way to you know. Is there anyone that shouldn't have been an all star, or from the West that shouldn't have been an all star? Like, is there, is there a complaint as far as players go that has the conference issue for you, or someone you feel like was snubbed because there was too few people or okay. too many people taking? Fellow from the West? UConn fans, don't murder me here, but both Kemba Walker and Andre Drummond should not have been in the All Star game over Chris Paul. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't believe it. Okay. I just not. It's and you know this is me speaking. For those of us who are not aware, I am a horrible UConn homer, and I have to work very hard not to overvalue their contributions to the league. Sure. So if I'm saying that I think Chris Paul deserves a spot over those two guys, then you know I I, I pretty firmly believe it because 
All-Stars, generally speaking, don't come from teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. Sometimes they do, but they should not be coming from teams that are going to miss the playoffs when they're chosen above someone who has a very good chance at floor generaling a team to a championship. It's important to note that those guys were not on the original roster, though. No, that's what what my point is. So they ended up going into the replacement pool from the East. Yes. While Chris Paul was also left off. And, you know, I understand the argument. He did miss him a fair chunk of time, and he's not the only person on that team who is making it home. So, you know, Harden was there, so he's representing them. That said, because they are still doing conferences and how they are doing injury replacements, those two, I love them to death. They, they are part of some of my favorite sports moments in my life, particularly Kemba. They have had great seasons. I'm not trying to downplay what they're doing, but they're on losing teams. And they, if you just look at what they're doing as a player, then, you know, there's, there's something there as an argument. But when you compare it with, with Chris Paul's body of work, I don't really feel that it's fair, particularly considering the fact that this might be the last year he ever has a chance at making it, that he is on the outside looking in while these guys, both young and still developing, really, are in a situation where they're being elevated to this game simply because of an imbalance in the structure of the NBA itself. Okay. All right. I'll allow it. I accept that. That's fair. But no, I I think that's okay. That's reasonable. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. I I think that the, the voting should be by conference. So the initial, because I think the original All-Stars are totally fine. I don't have a problem with that. I can live with that. But um, at least the, and the, the starters, I, okay, the starters should be from each conference. The voting from the start, for the starters, which is fan vote, right? And then the coaches pick the bench, right? Or the reserves. So the coaches can then pick from every player and not... Don't forget the media. I thought the media is part of the, the fan vote. The first the first round, yeah. Yeah, so the starters. I think the coaches pick the all the reserves. And the league picks the the replacements. My yes. uh, just to be clear, my, my my real gripe with the whole conferences thing, like it's still kind of weird to me that they have conferences. I, I we can talk about this too if you want to. The whole issue of conferences in general. I don't know if it's particularly helpful at all anymore, particularly in playoffs, but. Also in in the All Star, like I, I, the whole idea is to show the, the the best players in the league playing each other. They don't even end up on conference teams anymore. So why do we care where they come from? True, that is that is true. And yeah, I would I would agree with you. Then I think it's it's reasonable to to say that I I, I would say that at starters should be picked by conference, and that's it, and then everything else should be outside of conference. Because just just sort of vote because it'd be really stupid if like the starters are all warriors because their fan base is stronger than any Eastern fan base, you know? Yeah, and if you can't get or, like, five guys, on leaves, like yeah, it's like I think I think that it's it's fair because remember Zaza Pachulia had like ridiculously high votes in the West last year, and it was just because Warriors fans came out to vote huge compared to others fans. It wasn't Warriors fans; it was Georgians. And I don't mean. There's a lot of people. No, no, I don't. I don't mean from Georgia, the state. I mean from Georgia, the country he's from. They like 
They had millions of votes from Georgia, and Georgia is a country with only three million ish people. So, hmm. like the the president of Georgia got on social media and like advocated for his country people to cast all star excuse me all star votes for him. I don't have a problem with that necessarily per se, but yeah, I don't know. He wasn't well. That that's what that's what the media and uh, there. What was the other factor in that media? Fans and players are part of the vote yep. as well, and that that was to kind of equalize that because you know like Kobe had gotten in. It was basically a Kobe Bryant rule. Kobe had gotten in even though he hadn't played a game that season, in place of like Damian Lillard, who obviously deserved it that year. And so that that rule kind of balances that out. But still, the fact that you know one conference could dominate in the starters would be kind of unfair. So I think splitting by conference is fair for the starters. Yeah, like I was saying, if you, if you can't get five guys from a conference, then the whole point of conferences is clearly broken anyway, so I totally find that also. What are your thoughts on the chances of Boston hosting the All-Star game in the next five years, four years? What was the... 2022, correct. I am, I am cool. hugely for I think it's about time. I, it was... More than a decade before I was born, the last time they had it, it was in 1964, which almost didn't happen, actually. Uh, go to Celtics Life and check out the article that we have on Boston being a potential host for the All-Star Game and buried in the text in that. There's a hot link to how that almost didn't happen. A labor dispute basically kept the, the game on ice until minutes before it ended up happening. I don't think that would end up happening this time, though. Who knows? No. Yeah. No, not so much. But... <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of any particularly good reasons why not. I mean, one of the things that I noted in that article was that there is sometimes a spike in crime. Like, for example, there's probably never going to be an all-star game in Las Vegas again, mostly because they don't have a team and aren't likely to get one anytime soon, but also because there was a shootout in a parking lot afterwards. I guess a shootout is maybe a strong term, but people shooting in the air and Nelly went to a casino and threw money everywhere and people lost their minds and started brawling in the strip club and it was just it was it was a bad situation all around. It <laughs> might be also because it was Las Vegas. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah. So I mean there are there are maybe places where you don't want it to be, but I don't necessarily see Boston as having any of those characteristics. I mean, can you think of a good reason why why not to no. have it in Boston, other than it being cold? No, I, I mean, well, I guess, yeah, February. But Toronto? Cold, I mean, where it was in New York one time, yeah. But it has it, it been in, in Toronto? Toronto the year before the last, I want to say. It's going to be in Chicago next really? year, I think. Oh. No, year after. Yeah, so either way, they're going yeah. to cold places regardless. So, yeah, because next year is Charlotte. But still which kind is of warmer. chilly in the winter, still not and then great, Chicago the year after that, I think, yeah. which is freaking freezing. And that's rough. Yeah, Chicago is rough. But no, Boston will be great. And it'd be, you know, it's it's big for cities. I remember the NBA threatened to pull out of Charlotte for a little while. They got their act together. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's it's um, there's those threats. It's definitely good for the, the city. And, you know, it puts the... the team on the map for sure not that the Celtics are off the map but when Brad Stevens coached the all-star team last year and I read an excerpt of one of his or I think it was part of his speech that he gave to the players before the game which was a great speech was basically saying like you know you guys are the ones that got guys like me into basketball yeah you're the ones that inspired 
us less athletic guys to find a way into this sport because we loved it so much. We loved watching you guys so much. So do what you want to do. And that was huge, you know? And I think that that goes a really long way because it shows the fan base of the city. And, you know, in that case, it showed, you know, Brad Stevens is a coach. So, you know, I think just all around it's great for a franchise to be able to host the All-Star game for a lot of reasons. Another reason that is worth mentioning, too, in four years, if the cap situation or, you know, personalities, etc., as long as everything stays cool, we might have more than two All-Stars on that team, you know? So having two or three or, you never know, maybe even four players on an All-Star team, you know, Atlanta Hawks a couple years ago style, that would be something pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, hometown All-Stars that are just there. They don't have to travel. They just hang out. Home crowd behind them, absolutely. Get to play in the All-Star game. That'd be pretty cool. Similarly, we found out today that a poll came out that players say that Boston makes the best free agent pitches. Which, I I, I mean, Brad Stevens mm-hmm. has been a big part of the free agent pitches, right? Like Al Horford said that, that was huge. And I remember in the Kevin Durant meetings, you know, he they just ran a couple tapes for him and showed him, like, here's how we're going to run plays around you and stuff. So, like, that's pretty sweet that players around the league are recognizing that Boston's a place that they may be interested in going. Now, as far as the methodology for that poll goes, I'm not real sure that it is a – there's got to be something wrong here because they say – well, you know, fair enough. They do say the question is the best pitch, not the most successful pitch. Yeah, but that goes a long way. I mean, like, if I were deciding between teams, I'd, I'd pick the one, ideally. I mean, obviously, money makes it big. Yeah, we don't have the whole tax thing going on the way that, you know, Texas and Florida and some other places do, but... Yeah, so, you know, there's there's a handful of things that, that obviously are more enticing from other teams. But, and, and then obviously, like, the, the ability to contend. But if, if all things are on the same plane, you'll not go to the team with the best pitch. So I think that goes a long way. Yeah, I have no argument, but if if we had landed Kevin Durant, I, I think I would be more comfortable with the results, among other things. Fair. And now, my dear, as you were saying... Oh, yes. That will bring us to... Before we wrap up, we're going to try and debut some interesting segments near the end of our shows. This one, I'm going to call the Is the Grass Greener segment. <laughs> And we're going to start with an interesting altercation between two former Celtics in Rajon Rondo and Isaiah Thomas, who went head-to-head in Los Angeles in a very interesting... I don't know if Rondo just was like totally... He was just feeling Boston, like he was just bleeding green because of the Paul Pierce ceremony. I think so. That happened? I think so. Yeah. Or It didn't make sense. I don't know why it happened or what even happened. They just like got into it in... Rondo was just being a total jerk on defense. Well, Rondo didn't speak to the media, so we only have Isaiah Thomas's version of the story. I don't really want to add too much fuel to this fire because it just needs to go out with Augusto. <laughs> but, don't like it. No, man. It's just it's not good optics for the Celtics. I mean, it's good that you know Rondo still carries a torch for Boston. I'm definitely into that. I mean, if we're starting fights between ex-players when even the ostensible people involved he's carrying a torch for Paul Pierce with... I, it's just a bad optic, man. I'm not into it. 
You know, a lot of guys, when they leave Boston, they don't have the same kind of success, particularly in the Brad Stevens era. But in this particular instance, I'm going to have to say the grass is not greener for either of them. So, yeah, in this particular instance, respect for the Celtic pride, but let's try to channel it into better production or, or just some other kind of productive engagement. I don't want to see guys fighting each other. Even, even, you know, like a lot of listeners are going to jump out and say, well, you know, he's always defending Isaiah Thomas. And to an extent that might be true just because it really rubbed me the wrong way. How, you know, the business element kind of impacted what he gave on the court for Boston. It was the right decision. I'm not saying it wasn't. And I think, you know, for Danny's part in comparison to related Rondo things past, Ray Allen. He handled it a lot better than he has. He's definitely learned from his mistakes. But mm-hmm. just the same, there could have been a little bit better communication. Or maybe there could have been. I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I, I shouldn't be you know, critiquing how people do their jobs without all the information. But ultimately, I don't like seeing this crap. It's, it's totally... It's just a black eye for the organization, in my opinion. And the best way that we can protect the memory of the 2007-2008 Celtics and Isaiah Thomas's time is to work really hard to extinguish inside Celtics conflict as best we can, even if it just means not talking about it anymore. So with that, I'm about to shut up. On that note, what did you think about the uh, Paul Pierce retirement ceremony and everything to do with that day? Well, the event was everything it should have been. I am not entirely certain it was so wise to to juxtapose it in the Cavs game, not because I didn't think there was any chance that we would be able to win that game. I think we totally could have won that game. But, you know, this might sound whack to some people, but I'm just going to say like the only thing... It might it, sound whack. Hey, I'm old, <laughs> all right? We say stuff like that sometimes. <laughs> it's uncool that... The event was upstaged by a blowout to the to the new look Cavs, and you know, without getting too far into what the Cavs are doing, they were still, you know, even coming into the season, even in their worst moments, there was a very good chance they were going to beat the Celtics on Paul Pierce's night. So why not have it be against the Brooklyn Nets? He also played for them, and we all, we both get to celebrate them, or the Clippers. Or the Wizards, you know, those teams all were options that he could have been playing for where there would have been a much lower chance. I guess maybe not the Clippers this year, but definitely, definitely the Nets would have been a perfect game. All It's all in the past now, you know, it was still an enjoyable night, but the people who were there would have had a lot more fun, I think, if they had had a win to go with it. Yeah, well, that was a devastating loss. You know, I mean, that was like, that, punch, that was a demoralizing a loss. Idea. I think it's a, that's a better way to say it. Yeah. So I, I, I remember Mark D'Amico had tweeted that there were people that were leaving in spite of the ceremony that was happening after the game. Those people how suck. awful Those that people game suck. was. Yeah, but still, I mean, that was, that was like, I was watching that game and I just did not want to watch anymore. <laughs> I was just really crushed by that. 
and I think everyone just kind of yeah. felt sick. How else could you after feel, that man? Game. It's tough. I, I wish that that could have gone any other way, but you know, it's fine. It's whatever. We got that jersey up in the Raptors. What do you think about what he said after of, of that? He thinks that KG should be the next one. Oh, duh. I mean, yeah, sure. He only he only won the one title, and he was only there for a what maybe quarter of his career it was a twenty year career, I think. Yeah, twenty years. So yeah, you know, you could you could say something like that isn't enough, but let's be honest, he hung a banner and rejuvenated a team that had he not come, had he not basically let it happen because it was really his choice at the end of the day to come to Boston with Ray Allen being part of it, obviously. We could talk about that some other time. I don't even want to get into that mm-hmm. right now. But yeah, I am totally comfortable with, with them retiring KG's, well, jersey. I am. I, I think we might need to start retiring jerseys and not numbers because we're going to run out. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be its own conversation too. But I, do you think Minnesota should retire as numbers? Uh, you know, Minnesota can do what Minnesota wants to do. You- I would do it if I was Minnesota because who else do they have? Like Love and Pekovic? Yeah. Which else pretty well? Yeah. <laughs> Charles Freewell, Kevin so Love, them. Ricky Rubio. Let them. <laughs> Very, Johnny Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> they well, had well, some guys. <laughs> some some very good Syracuse guys. <laughs> well, check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com where we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store. And you can get tickets to the next game, post-All-Star break, second half of the season. Under that heading, you can also find our podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Google Play Now. It's exciting. You can listen on Google Play Now. I didn't know that that wasn't a thing until I checked the other day. So now it's there. Check it out. We fixed it. We're ready to go. We can reach everyone now. You can also catch it on those podcast apps. And now that you can on Google Play as well as all your other apps, subscribe. We really want you to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, but also so that we can be seen by other basketball How fans and it'll help even more. Yes. We brought some serious perspective. We can petition Adam Silver for all of these phenomenal changes to All-Star Weekend. I, honestly, I think we came up with some pretty good stuff. Be sure to rate us five stars. We'd really appreciate it. It would also help people see us. And if you do not like something or you have a suggestion, you can always reach out to us with the hashtag CLPod. You will also find the Fergie National Anthem as well as several other things that we talked about tonight with that hashtag. As we just want to bring you guys the Celtics coverage that you want just the way you like it. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great week. Later, y'all. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.